What's up guys? It's the Zaya Show. Today we'll be talking about the true meaning of pride with special guest Ori, the host of Queen Death, released every Sunday on all streaming platforms. Now, let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Zaya Show. Today I'm here with a special guest who hosts a host there. It's released every Sunday and their name is Ori. Hello. <laughs> How are you today? I'm doing amazing. It is Saturday and it's not absolutely beastly hot in New York. So I'm happy for today. <laughs> I'm in the South, so it's always hot. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) What part of the South do you come from? So I actually lived in Texas for nine years. So I was I was in Texas for nine years. And prior to that, um, I was all over. So um, but definitely um, between Texas and also I was stationed in the military when I was in the military. I was stationed in Missouri. Um, And notice I almost said that as misery because misery is hot humid raining and mud all the time yikes that sucks do you want to explain to people that probably didn't hear your podcast what it's about Yes, yes, I would love to. So my podcast, I am a death companion. I am also a grief and loss coach, writer, um, speaker, you name it. So uh, my podcast is focused on speaking and having very raw conversations with LGBTQIS, excuse me, IA2S plus um, individuals, anybody in the queer and trans community about their unique experiences of grief, loss, and death. And so far, we're on our, what, fifth episode comes out uh, tomorrow, and conversations have been so deep, and also some brevity offered in there. But also, one of the things we do on this particular podcast is it's a brave space on the virtual couch, so you really do feel like you're sitting there with the person, and we follow sort of this guideline that you don't have to reveal your real name um if you feel that your safety is compromised in any way i remove your episode uh you don't have to have a picture of yourself also um you can say just about anything that you want so pretty much anything you want because we also hold space that means that if you're on the podcast if we need a moment of silence we have a moment of silence yes it's very good, guys. Please check it out. Querying, querying Death, and it's released uh, everywhere, correct? Yes, it's on all platforms. Yes. I think Apple's being a little slow about the episodes yeah. because it's considered explicit. So, um, <laughs> so, but it is on all platforms. So today, guys, we're going to talk about uh, Pride Month and what is really Pride and what does it really mean to us? So the first question I want to ask you is, what does pride means to you? Pride to me means resistance and sovereignty, celebration, and joy. So when I speak of resistance, pride means to me, we know where pride started. Pride started as a riot. We owe pride 100%, our existence our joy, our celebration, all of it, to 
black trans women. And so I am, want to make sure that people understand that, like, when I think of pride, that is literally the first thing I think of. And I think of yeah. not just the joy, but also the level of resistance has brought us to today. And sacrifice. Yes. So much like, sacrifice. And I guess uh, last year, especially during, like, 2020 uh, in June, definitely opened people's eyes up. Uh, transgenders are really, like, like treated in this country especially because we had several incidents happen like there's so many over the course of this country's history mm-hmm. and I just felt like last year was like the woke moment and now since like COVID is slowly going away it's like some people are forgetting this mm-hmm. this it's is also part of pride too it's not just about the rainbows and the parades and the catchy music even though we love it but there's more to it than just fun Yes, there is. There's so much more to it. I actually came out in 2019 for Pride. um, And I'm in my 40s. (laughs) So and I came out as bisexual. And then last year, it just kind of was um, mostly dealing with COVID. Yeah. But and this year, hopefully, we're going to have some in person, I think there's going to be some in person things, but it's going to be on a totally different level for me this year than it has been in past years. Because in past years, I've always been (laughs) This is so funny throughout my lifetime. I've been such a huge celebrator at Pride, but I always masked as an LGBTQ ally. My friends knew differently, but they didn't say anything. Um, But so this year I am fully embodied as the person that I am as a trans two-spirit human being. And so it's going to be on a totally different level, despite the fact that we're still in COVID. It's not over yet. Definitely, because last year was actually supposed to be my real first Pride, especially since it was like 2020, so all the fun stuff was going to happen. And really this time, this year, I'm just like, you know, I'm going to celebrate it a unique way. So I'm going to go to a drag show. I'm going to just open myself up to more types of people, because especially in the South, like, it's only certain types of people. It's like people are really afraid to be themselves. So... I'm just like the way I'm celebrating pride is just being my truth, my true self, getting people the message like, hey, like we are here for you, help each other out and really just celebrate through histories, like talking about the history, talking about the good times, the bad times and being there for people that are still afraid of letting the world know their true self. So that's how I celebrate pride. Yes, definitely. And you know, pride for me is every day, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take advantage of this one month that I'm pretty outspoken to people that give us this month, like give us this month. That's all you got to do. Just, just one month. We'll battle it out the rest of the year, but give us this one month to revel in the joy as well. Yes. Because that's what I realized about uh, most LGBTQIA plus uh, pop. Just like everybody's like, hey, we're going to talk, talk. Like, there's no holding back. And I, I just love that. Yes. 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 Speak yes. It. They need to hear it. Exactly. We know we've got this 30 days that people's ears are open. So regardless, I mean, they're obviously not open the rest of the year, but this one month to just be like, let's let's push it out. So, yeah. 
speaking of pushing, how do you feel about corporates and especially businesses around the world pushing pride only through June, like as like a marketing strategy? Um, obviously, my feeling is that it is not helpful. It's actually really harmful. Uh, it presents a narrative that definitely tells us they're there to commodify. It's capitalism. That's what it is. It's capitalism. Yeah. That's all it is. And if you can't support all year round, then you aren't really an ally. If uh, you don't have, I worked in corporate. So I worked in HR and program development in major nonprofits and major organizations. Yeah. And so we were the people setting the policies, right? HR policies, things like that. And I'm the kind of person because I worked in that environment. Yeah. And I was also closeted. So I could see what was going on. I'm the type of person that, honestly, if I'm looking at your company and I'm seeing, because I know how to find it. I know how to find your policies. I know how to look at what, you, what you've got going on. If I see nothing except in June, then you aren't an ally. I don't care how big your corporation is. I don't care how big an, a donation you make during the month of June. If like, you don't have a policy that is all year round, right, constant support, then you are no ally. Mm, I agree, one hundred percent. Like, like, hey, buy this because it's Pride Collection. Like, buy this because it's like rain. And I'm like, sweetie, like, there's a deeper meaning. And some of the products, I'm just like, why would you make that? <laughs> like, exactly, right. Why would you not, you know, yeah, yep, yeah, I agree, totally agree. It was, it was very confusing. I was like, you just smacked a rainbow on it and then said, voila, we support you. I'm like, there is different types of flags, sweetie. There are different, Mm -hmm. like, oh, they don't. Yep, it's all about let's see what we can commodify and let's see what we can get money off of. Right. And that's going to go segue into society. What's one thing you wish society uh, stigma of the LGBTQIA plus community, which one do you think should go away? Like if you could erase one stigma through this whole human history about LGBTQIA plus community within of uh, which one would you erase? I think the one stigma that I would take away is, oh God, there's so many, but number there one. There is so many because I was like, I, don't <laughs> I have a whole list. Um, but number one, that we are all the same, that we see things the same, that we even have the same political views, that we have mm-hmm. the same values. We are all different. And there are members of our community who benefit from the same privilege that any straight white person (laughs) benefits from. And being LGBTQ does not erase that privilege. Right. Or your talent or intelligence, really, because I know that my uncle, when he came out, he was afraid of his job because he works in uh, Florida for like some type of uh, company, I'm not going to say their name, but he got his master's and he's going for his PhD, but he got fired after he came out and it was just like, hmm, you quick to erase the- all their work. Yeah. 
Like, what does that have to, and, and it's the fact that the other thing is, is that the thought that our identity, people need to understand your identity, your expression, your sexuality, and your sex don't yeah. all have to match. <laughs> we, like, that's the other thing. Please stop placing us. It's like, being a two-spirit person, and I also say non-binary, people need to understand that you are still, when you talk about non-binary people, when you talk about two-spirit people, all of those things, you're still placing people inside of boxes, and you're still placing them on a binary. I would like all of that to go away. Definitely the stereotypes, yes. Mm -hmm, definitely, yeah. Because especially since I'm a young uh, gay guy, like young gay guy, it's like, oh, so are you a bear? Are you a otter, Twinkie? It's like, why do we have all these labels just <laughs> like we're not we're not the quote unquote normal. So why are we trying to put ourselves in a box? And it's like. Well, Even placing everybody inside of this box. Um, we were talking about this before, the story of my know. grandmother, which is a really great example of an older generation that existed outside of the box. Uh, my grandmother was raised in the Depression. And my grandma had decided she went to this one room schoolhouse, you know, because back then you would schoolhouses were like one room and everybody was in the same class and you had one teacher. And in her particular situation, the majority of the students were all uh, boys. Right. And so she was the only quote unquote girl. So she went to my great grandparents and said, I don't want to look like this. This is not me. Like she had long hair and it was like tied up in bows and the dresses and all of that, you know? Yeah. And they said, okay, what do you want to do? And cause this was my great grandparents. They were amazingly supportive. And my grandmother said, I want to cut off my hair and I want a quote unquote boy haircut. So guess what? Mm -hmm. Her hair got buzzed in this beautiful haircut um, and then she said, I, I don't want to wear a dress. And of course, back then they were like, nope, you got to wear a dress. Definitely. That was the school policy, everything. So my yeah. great grandparents said, what can we do to make you feel more comfortable? So my grandmother went to school with her very short buzzed haircut in her frilly blue dress and these cowboy boots that were you know quote unquote boys cowboy boots right and right. she went to school and she informed the teacher that she would be having a different name and she would be deciding every day what kind of person that she was that day and everybody would have to comply and guess what the teacher said okay and that's the crazy so yeah you know my grandmother like she was exploring who she was this was the depression exploring who she was and every single person there was not a single complaint my great-grandparents were like okay her teacher was like okay her classmates were like okay this was the depression so the idea the idea that this is something new 
or any of that is completely incorrect. My grandmother and my grandfather adored each other, loved each other, but they were so open and so honest. And my grandmother was such a powerful, empowered person that she was just, I don't know, that story for me. And I look back on it. This is my adoptive grandmother. And I look back on it and I'm like, I think honestly that my grandmother was my segue into, I think I would have been in a much worse condition and situation had she not been there. Because the other thing is at her house growing up, right? Mm-hmm. She had um, makeup and dress up clothes of all different kinds, and we were never restricted. And then my grandfather had like hammers and saws and things like that. And then my grandmother and grandpa both baked. And, and so there were no specified gender roles, even when we were role playing as kids at her house. Um, makeup was for everybody. Uh, different types of clothing were for everybody. There was no gender to it at all. We didn't even, even when we were playing, pretend um, there was just none of that. And they encouraged that. So I think that I was very fortunate that I had that. Mm-hmm. Even though I was very closeted at the same time, I knew when I went to my grandmother's house because of her story and because of how we were raised in that household, I was always safe and I could be whatever I want despite the outside world. So the idea that people should belong in boxes or on a binary or that this is something new is that completely blows it out of the water. Cause this was in small town America that this happened too. So, yeah. I just felt like this was, this is a perfect example of like, hate is taught. Like, yes. People are like, oh. I hate people of different sexuality or like, no, like you was taught that, or maybe you're just afraid to be your true self. So when you see someone else being their true self, it's like, they can't do it because I can't do it because of my uh, life, especially in the South. Because I remember when I was little, we were always like, you know, Hannah Montana. So I will always put a, a towel on my head and just act like it was a wig. It was supposed to be funny, you know. And yeah. I always get judged because my mom's like, that is not what you're supposed to do. You a guy, go play with. And I was like, it's just for fun. Like, yeah. And try to stifle us and not be able to explain like express ourselves and then you wonder why your children keep secrets away from you while they're teenagers because they try to figure themselves out without you knowing right because you're teaching as a parent you're teaching hate you're teaching your children to hate themselves just because they're trying to figure out who they are and you're not allowing the room to do that and you know what if they figure out who they are and that's who they are what is wrong with just accepting that? Right. Why why do they have to be a mirror image of you? Or be a better because I know most parents, because I talked to some of them and I asked them, especially like, why did you not accept your child? And they'll be like, Well, I do I was just afraid of what people would say. I was afraid of the danger that they would go through. And like, but they would still go through the same danger as any straight person though. And it was like, no, it's different. I was like, no, it's not because different races got different problems. Like, let's keep it honest. If you're Black, you still have police fears. If you're Hispanic, you're afraid of, you know, their own, like each race. 
their own fear within a society. And it's like, we are trying to build a space. Everyone has a fear. And, and, and hovering and, and trying to change who yeah. your child actually is, is not helping. You're actually causing more harm. You're causing things like a child. This is why the suicide rates are so high. You're, you're instilling fear and hatred. Mm. You might think that you're being protective, but you, in reality, you're instilling fear and hatred. The most protective thing you can do is to radically support and display unconditional love. That's mm. it. I'm a parent. That's all you got to do. That's literally all you got to do. Yes. I just, it's just crazy to me because especially with my parents, it was like a love and hate. Like, oh, you're so perfect already within grade wise. You're going to college. But it's like, oh, by the way, I'm gay. It's like the little like bug that just bugged them all the time. And now it's like, I feel like now since it's Pride Month, I feel like, oh, you know, Isaiah's gay. So let's just. Okay, but then. Let's just say I do something kind of like, let's just say like I dye my hair a crazy color or I just have a tattoo that represents like within the community. It's like a no. It's like you can't see it on the outside, but they'd rather see it on the inside. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I know I myself as a parent and as the, um, I have my, I still call them my nephews and nieces. They still call me auntie, regardless. They're, they're allowed to. Um, um, that a, a good deal of my family um, is LGBTQIA2S+. So um, they understand that at least their auntie um, will never turn them away. It's just yeah. never going to happen it's always going to be unconditional love. It's always going to be accepting them for whatever they are. If they need help, they know that they can go to me. I am, I'm what I'm trying to create for them is like I do on my podcast, a brave space. So bravery isn't about heroism or anything like that. Bravery is simply about being able to just be who you are without hate, without fear, without any of the isms, that cause the pain and sorrow that we have in this world. And my nephews and nieces know that in my space, that will always occur. They will always have a brave space to go to. Yeah. So speaking, speaking of, of that, what's one piece of advice you would give to people who are afraid of how their family or friends will respond to their sexuality? Do it on your own time. Don't come out because you feel that you have to. You don't have to. It doesn't make you any less of who you are. Do it in accordance to your own time. Do it in a way that you know that you still are safe, yes. that you have a support system around you. Uh, I always say that, you know, you need to do it when you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And make sure that you have that support system, that you have healing to go back to just in case something happens, but always make sure that you are safe. So if you feel in any way that you coming out to your family or talking to your family is going to put you in danger, 
really think about and have a plan for that because you're not required to come out if it means compromising your safety. Definitely. Because I feel like most people, especially during uh, Pride Month, feel like this is the perfect time to come out. Like everybody's kind of accepting like the LGBTQIA plus community. So let me just come out now, but then they realize, hey, oh, wait, I got to go along with this struggle possibly, or I don't know how this person will react. And I'm just like, take your time and just learn who you are first. Because people, especially for me, when I down and it will always be me at the end of the night knowing who I am at the end of the day like yes I know who I am I know my worth all these things like people saying oh you're just gonna end up on a street like that doesn't matter because I know who I am and I know my ambition and dreams and I know that I will find love one day that would be lifetime experience so you just have to build within your mind that you are worth it and you are worthy of love and you are no less than any other human being on this earth. Exactly. We're all worthy of love. Like yes. from the day we come into this world, just because we are human, we are worthy of love. Hands down. Yes. And also to people that are afraid, like, Try to figure out who you are, because I know some people definitely, I feel like it's happening, like, more frequent since COVID. Like, people are uh, trying to express pronouns, and it's okay to discover, like, okay, I don't want to be called he and him. I want to be called she and her. Like, it's okay to change your whole demeanor. Like, it's okay. And if people can't understand that, that's not your friend the person you need in your life right now and maybe they'll come around because I know yep. some people that would change their pronouns and some people would accept it some people wouldn't and I'm just that person that I'll accept you for who you are I love you regardless we in it together but I feel like people that with the pronouns are kind of like what's the word uh not accepting does that make sense Yeah, and I just think that's just a matter of people sort of being stuck in this very colonized way of doing things, and we already know that doesn't work. So, (laughs) and, you know, I provide um, for, so people know, in terms of my practice as a death companion and a grief and loss worker, I also do peer support. Um, I provide um, peer support to LGBTQIA2S plus people who are in I just had somebody the other day come to me like you can come to me. I provide support. Everything that I do is on sliding scale um, or pay what you can. And if you are struggling, if you're not sure, if you are in a situation where you want to come out to your family, but you're not sure and you want to make some sort of plan for it, I am here for that. And so I help people with that because there is a certain amount of loss that occurs for someone who has not been able to live their authentic life and then they're in a position where they're ready to, they've had loss their entire lifetime because they haven't been able to be who they are. Yes. Because I know for me, when it was like from my teenage years, uh, I actually made a plan on like getting out of my house because I knew I wouldn't be able to live my true life there. So for me, this worked for me and it's not going to work for anybody else. I, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do 
I would try to find time to get out of the house of like, for example, like I do more theater shows. So I pick up more rehearsals. I'll build connections with other people, with uh, theater and within uh, careers. So that way, if it does, if something does happen, like, you know, like if I was 17 or 18, I would be okay. Like back me up or, you know, keep me safe. That would work for me because yeah. I'm a people person. So me communicating with other people and trying to figure out, you know, like, is this what I want to do in my future? Is this how I want to be? And running off to college, like right after graduation worked the best for me because now I'm a graduate. Yeah. I don't know what the next chapter holds, but that worked for me. So you just need to know how much you could handle and how you could, like, do you want, like, there's certain questions that I was thinking about, like, do I want to keep a relationship with my siblings if my parents mm-hmm. didn't accept me? Like, would I tell the whole world, even though my family won't accept me, and I'll probably be isolated from family? Like, there's just certain things that you had to think about, especially uh, with this podcast, because my siblings uh, heard my podcast, and it was like, we always knew. And I was like, yeah, I know. I told y'all several times. (laughs) Nobody believed me me until they heard the podcast. So yeah, yeah. I told I told my parents they're like, you're just figuring that out now. Well, first of all, don't say that. But second mm-hmm. of all, no, I haven't been just figuring out now. I've known for years. You just happen to know now. <laughs> you just happen. I've been living my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This has yeah. been amazing. Uh, so I had to be able to speak with you. Um, just yeah. you are an incredible podcast host, and um, I hope that oh, your listeners. You really, really understand that they have not just this month during Pride, but every month, you know, individuality, sovereignty, liberation, all of that is theirs to have. Yes. Thank you for coming on. I love having you on this podcast. I cannot wait to do more collaborations with you in the future, hopefully. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So, guys, be sure to check out Queering Death. It's released every Sunday on all streaming platforms. And that's all for this episode. Thank you, Ori, again. You're so welcome. That was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Yay!